Good morning, friends. You are listening to a Hasty podcast. My name is Weston Hasty. I'm your host with the ghost. <laughs> no, the intro is going to need some work. The intro is going to need some work. Welcome to this uh, pilot episode of this podcast idea thing that I've had. Uh, big shout out to more than a podcast. Uh, link somewhere in a description or. <laughs> How do podcasts work? This is a bit of an experiment. Welcome to my experiment. Prepare your, prepare yourselves for my experiment. <laughs> um, podcasts. What are they? Where do they come from? <laughs> Why do them? <laughs> and also, who am I? Why should I be giving one? Why should you be listening to one? All those questions likely not answered and more later on in this podcast. I don't know. So it seems to me that when you create art, uh, whether you're writing a, a novel, which it's National Novel Writing Month, by the way, everybody. If you don't know what that is, uh, NaNoWriMo, <laughs> as they call it, uh, you can Google it, National Novel Writing Month. It's uh, this thing run by this organization. I'm not entirely sure if they're like supposed to be nonprofit or what they are exactly. Probably not. Probably just a regular company. But every year on uh, November 1st begins National Novel Writing Month. And that's uh, a, 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 an event that I have tried to participate in over the course of many years. I try to do it. The idea is to write, I think, a 40,000-word novel in 30 days. So you have to, like, you know, pump out your 2,000 words a day or whatever you got to do to pump out that novel. And the idea is to get more people writing novels to get people writing more anything really but the idea is to just throw reckless abandon to any sense of care or uh hesitation perhaps is a better word uh and just write the darn thing right if you want to become a writer uh but you're always so focused on the well now is not a good time oh it's i'm so busy and i have so many things on my plate and Oh, I'm just never going to have the time. National Novel Writing Month is supposed to be a a counter to that point, uh, to combat that, to just say, look, it doesn't need to be good. It doesn't need to be hardly legible. You just need to sit down in front of a keyboard and just like the the old monkeys trying to write Shakespeare, just smack that keyboard with your fingers until uh, 40,000 plus words come out. I forget what the limit actually is. I wanted to participate this month in NaNoWriMo, but uh, I kind of, this happens every year, I kind of forgot about it. Like, I learn about it, I remember it, I'm like, oh, okay, I want to do that. In October, I'm thinking about it, and then November 1st sneaks up on me, and all of a sudden, I realize that I'm several thousand words behind on on keeping up with, like, uh, the, the, the task of writing. So hopefully, maybe I'll come back around to trying to do that. This is a tangent, by the way, and all of that was just to explain that in my mind, artists often, when they want to create art, it's because they have something to say. I think, you know, maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe, maybe that's uh, overly. Uh, what's the what's the antonym to naive? It's in it's morning time, by the way. I said good morning at the beginning of this podcast. It is morning. My brain's not working yet. <laughs> what's, the, what's the opposite of naive? Pompous of me? <laughs> Maybe that's pompous of me. The idea is that if an artist has something to say, 
they'll create art that does so. And it doesn't have to necessarily be writing, right? So you could be painting some some kind of work, right? You know, maybe you're, you're a painter and you want to uh, uh, describe through your painting this scene that uh, conveys some kind of emotion or idea in a vis- through a visual medium. Um, perhaps a very apt comparison to that if you're not in, into painting is uh, video content. There's so much video content out there. Whether I'm, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Don't worry, don't worry. I'm gonna introduce myself a little bit. I have a history and some experience with creating video content for YouTube, right? Um, and one can argue that that is an artistic medium as well, uh, but it's a visual one. But it combines uh, visuals and audio. But uh, if you just have audio on a YouTube video, you're not going to typically uh, uh, be successful in conveying any kind of message. It kind of requires that visual component to it because it is a visual medium. So if you have a message to share, it depends on your medium. So if, if you're writing a book, you're going to write it. It's going to be written down. It's going to be I know you have to physically look at words to read them, but it, it's not visual in the same sense that uh, moving pictures on a screen are. And I like to imagine the artists when they create, whether it is some piece of, of like a painting, uh, music, whether it's a video, whether it's written form, whatever it is, the artist creates their work because there's some kind of message they are trying to convey. All of that said, welcome to a hasty podcast. I have no message. Prepare to leave. You can leave now. Run. Run as far away as you can before you get sucked into whatever this uh, business is. But if you find that you are still listening to this podcast over the course of the next couple of minutes, welcome aboard, comrade. (laughs) Uh, You're listening to a hasty podcast. My inspiration for creating this podcast is less of a message to share and more of a need to do the sharing. I think maybe that's another process that artists go through. Uh, like I say, I like to think that artists create their art because they have something to say, but sometimes, sometimes, and I think this is where I fall, not to be, again, I'm not trying to be pompous and calling myself some sort of tutti frutti uh, artist or whatever. Tutti frutti? That's not what I, that's not what I'm looking for. Whatever I'm looking for. Hoity toity. <laughs> That's what I was looking for, hoity-toity artist with something to say, more so that I, ha- I, I I like to imagine myself as an artist who simply has a need to do some kind of sharing. Uh, it's an interesting juxtaposition between my innate desire to have nothing to do with other people, my, my introverted sense to communicate with no one and hole up in a room by myself for an indeterminable amount of time and never uh, surface ever if I can help it but that in that innate introverted uh, desperate desire to maintain that but also this juxtaposition with having the need to share things with other people I don't know maybe it's an acknowledgement of my existence that whilst I can acknowledge my own existence what does that prove if no one else can? So I have to share things with other people to be like, look at this, I made a thing, is it good, like me? I don't know, maybe 
maybe that's being a little too harsh on myself. Maybe it's completely accurate. Uh, a, a level of meta-analysis will be required to determine whether or not that is the case. I've brewed some coffee this morning. Mm. As I literally sip it, I've been talking straight here, and I, I would love to sip some of this coffee. Coffee. I have, everybody, Halloween is over. As of uh, recording this, I, I have, gosh, there are so many things to talk about in so little time. I As of recording this podcast, it is election day here in the United States. Um, I'm going to assume that the majority of my listeners will be from the States. I'm going to assume that. Maybe I'll be wrong about that. I don't know. This is a pilot episode. I mentioned that at the beginning. I didn't really explain what that meant. It just means that this is episode zero. This is a proof of concept about whether or not I will continue to do the podcasting thing or what I want to talk about on the podcasting thing. Uh, It's like an experiment. It's an unofficial start. It's not episode one because I might want to do this as like a short daily podcast but I might not record tomorrow because it's the pilot and I'm going to be listening to it and fuddling around with, you know, where I'm going to distribute this podcast. How do I want to structure this podcast? Is is the thing that I created today as episode zero even usable as an episode? It's a pilot. That's what I meant. But as I was saying, it's election day at the time of my recording this thing, whatever this thing is, a hasty podcast. It's election day. It's a big time in the United States, and Halloween is over. So (laughs) while I like to think spooky month is behind us, spooky day is only upon us. (laughs) And I will be making my way to the voters' booth today uh, after work. I could go before work, but honestly, that requires being awake early. And instead of uh, being awake early and then going to the polls before work and then hoping that you're not going to have a line because, you know, I got to get to work, so if, if, if I'm there too long, I have to leave anyway. Instead, I'm awake early to record a pilot episode to a podcast where I ramble for roughly half an hour. You, you, you can see how long this podcast is. You didn't download or stream this podcast without knowing that this is about a half hour long podcast. And at this point, we're a third of the way through, and you're thinking to yourself, what have I gotten myself into? This man's rambled about nothing. God, just God dang nothing this entire time, and you're wondering whether or not you want to keep listening, and honestly, I, I imagine 90% of people have not made it as far, so you're the, you're, you're the real gangster, you're the real OG, you're the, <laughs> you're the real one uh, if you've made it this far already, but um, spooky month is over. Why did I bring all that up, by the way? It's because I was talking about coffee, and it's because I don't know how long uh, creamer? Is that what I'm, is that what I'm drinking? Yes. It took me a long couple seconds there to think of the word creeper, creeper? Oh man, uh, to think of the word creamer. I have a Starbucks pumpkin spice latte creamer that I bought at the beginning of October, because you know, it's a festive month. It was spooky month. I, I don't, I'm not a man that typically takes his coffee with creamer honestly or half and half or milk or anything of that sort of nature i'd like to take my coffee bitter i'm a man who likes his coffee uh dark black and bitter i want to wake up in the morning and the thing the first thing that i drink to get my day started i want it to punch me in the mouth that's what i want out of my morning routine but um 
to celebrate the festivities of uh, the coming fall and with it being Halloween. I don't know. Pumpkin spice is just a yearly uh, fat that occurs in at least America, uh, possibly elsewhere. I'm not well-traveled outside of this country, so I don't know. You tell me somewhere. I don't know how podcasts work. If you can tell me somewhere, hit me up, maybe on Twitter, at Weston Hasty. I don't know. Maybe I have a link somewhere, maybe. I don't know. Talk to me. Love me. Anyway, I bought this creamer, right? So I've been mixing it into my coffee most mornings. But the thing is, like I said, I don't normally take cream or half and half or anything like that with my coffee. So it's it's been an experiment. I have no idea how much to put into my coffee to get like a good balance. And I think I've been doing an okay job because it's it's after all it's to, it's to taste. The the only thing that matters is whether or not you enjoy the thing that you're drinking. It doesn't matter that I'm try, I'm not trying to show off how much creamer I am or am not putting into my typically black, dark, bitter, disgusting, but I love it coffee. It doesn't matter. I'm not trying to show that off to anyone. So I'm, I'm just dumping the stuff in my coffee at whatever level I think is necessary. That being said, because I'm not a big creamer drinker, I suspect that while it seems to me like I am putting an obscene amount of creamer into my coffee, it's probably actually not even close to obscene uh, is my suspicion. And that's because, well, I, again, have had this bottle of creamer since the beginning of October. I don't know how long creamer is good for, right? It's been a month. How long does... I don't. I mean, I'm sure when I bought it, it had been sitting on the shelf for some period of time, right? How long does milk last? You know, like, it typically doesn't last a month from the day that you buy it off the shelf. Or maybe it does. I don't know. Maybe maybe you're more fortunate in your milk purchasing than I am. But, you know, typically you have a maybe a couple weeks before opening. And then once you crack the thing open, maybe it expires faster you don't want to sit something you know you don't want to sit an open gallon of milk in your fridge for a month or maybe you do maybe it doesn't matter maybe I'm overthinking it I haven't checked the expiration date of my creamer I'm not a man who checks his expiration dates if it's not smelling or tasting funky yet or I'm not literally dying of some sort of food poisoning I'm sure it's gonna be fine <laughs> so that's literally what brought up Halloween and election day in my mind, I took my sip of my coffee and I said, you know what? This is my spooky time coffee and spooky time is over. It is now November 3rd. And by the way, I still have plenty of creamer left and now it's November 3rd. I'm going to end up throwing out some of that creamer, aren't I? What a waste. And yet I found myself on election day thinking about coffee instead of the looming decision that I have ahead of me. I say looming decision. It's it's interesting. I I'm a man who in conversations with other people about politics, I don't like to give a definitive answer as to who I'm voting for for any particular thing. Of course, this is a federal election. We're voting for a president today. Uh, there are smaller elections I participate in as well, but people seem to be uh far less interested in who you're voting for in local elections than they are for presidential elections. The, the, the Choosing a president for the coming four years that affects an entire nation is a hotly contested topic of debate amongst folks. And I try not to, not only do I not try to tell people who I'm voting for, because, you know, rights to privacy and yada, 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 uh, I don't know. I feel like it's irresponsible to push someone in the direction of one person or another. It's interesting. Um, so not only do I not tell people, I 
try to pretend like I haven't decided yet. I'm someone who on a poll where it's like this candidate, that candidate, maybe another candidate or undecided, where do you lie? I'm like, I don't want, I, I'm not, I don't, I'm, even if it's an anonymous survey or study or something, I'm going to say undecided because I, I don't want to have any sort of indication that I've made a decision. I want people to, to, to believe that I have no idea who I'm voting for when I go to the polls. I don't know if that's because I'm worried about assumptions people make based on who you say you're going to vote for, because I would far rather talk about like ideology, ideas. Where do I stand and lie on a certain topic? More the, so the, the, than where do I stand on, on a certain person? And I have had an experience or experiences in the past where if you tell someone that maybe you're with one candidate or another, that there are going to be assumptions made about you about what you believe based on who you say you are voting for. Whereas no one you could possibly vote for, right, is going to be... 100% on board with everything you believe or maybe the other way around you everything you believe you're not necessarily on board with the candidate you're voting for on every possible angle and every possible topic I, I just don't think I don't think that's possible when you only run uh, typically two major candidates a very bipartisan two-party system here in America where there are alternative third parties but you know typically the perception is that there are the two big candidates. And if there's only two candidates, how do you expect any one candidate to hold all of your same beliefs? All of your same beliefs. You know, there's hundreds of millions of Americans, you know, 300 million and some change, whatever that number comes out to. I haven't looked at, <laughs> I haven't looked at American population in a while, <laughs> however many of us there are. So there's going to be some concessions made. And that's something I feel like we don't discuss a lot in American politics anymore. The concessions and compromises we make and the decisions that we make. It's normal to make compromises. Uh, something as simple as shopping. You know, maybe you're on a budget and you only got so much money to spend. Do you buy the five-gallon ice cream tub this week? Or do you say, I save five, ten bucks on money this week so that I can pay for uh, granola bars? I don't know. Something silly like that you know, down to two luxury options, perhaps, you know, neither one is maybe necessary, but you want to splurge a little bit, but you have to decide what you're splurging on, or maybe you are actually deciding between uh, two necessities. Do I pay for food this week, or do I pay for gas this week so I can get to work so I can earn money to buy my food? I don't know. It depends on your situation and what your needs are. We make concessions and compromises with ourselves all the time, and yet when we talk to other people, whether about politics or what have you, just some kind of idea, what we believe in, it, it seems that the, 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 the environment, the culture, the atmosphere, the, the climate, the, the, the sort of rhetorical climate that we find ourselves in America these days are heavily divided, where you can make no compromise, you can make no concession, that if you try to work with, in politics, it might be the other side, which I think is kind of an illusion, but perhaps that's a topic, a bigger topic for another day. I don't know. Um, as opposed to you can make no concessions with what is perceived to be the other side or someone you disagree with. It's seen that if you do, you're weak. 
you know, maybe a traitor to your side. It's this tribalism mentality that doesn't really make sense in the grander picture because it doesn't help anyone. When two people fight, neither one helps the other, and you really don't progress as a as a group, as as a as a species. We live in a society. <laughs> I don't know. I just like to say that sometimes. It's like we live in a society where the best way to get things done are to work together. And then if someone disagrees with you about any tiny thing that that has really no consequence on your life, really, how are you expected to work together? Anyway, it's a very polarized climate we find ourselves in, in public discourse and rhetoric. And that's why I don't like to talk about like, who I'm voting for, but do you want to talk about this political topic or that political topic? And I've done so before. I've I've been in conversations before where people walk away unsure of where my party affiliations lie. I've been accused of being a Republican or a Democrat or some other third party by different people, depending on what topic we're talking about. And I say accused, uh, just to be somewhat facetious. But I think I think there's a lot of us. I think whether you want to call it a moderate or if you just want to call it a regular person with regular opinions on things, whatever the word regular even means. I mean, we can go into a meta-analysis about how we choose the words we use, regular, normal, that kind of thing, and whether that's even okay because then if someone disagrees with you or you're trying to call their beliefs abnormal, and no, that's not what I'm doing. All I mean is that as just old regular Joe Schmo on the street, uh, I have opinions about things, and I try to make them opinions about things not based on what people have told me to believe but on things that I actually believe and I think that requires a level of thought and I'd rather talk about that than people and of course when it comes down to election time it is important to try to figure out who you're voting for who you stand with that most closely resembles those beliefs um, you could take it the other way around, maybe like society first and yourself second. Try to say, well, maybe I believe this, but I think this other person is actually better for the country as opposed to better for myself. And I think there's two realms of philosophy there. The one where if you help yourself first and everybody thinks along those lines, uh, then uh, ultimately you'll whoever comes out on top of a of an election right, will represent the person who will do the most good for the most people. Uh, it sounds selfish it, when you when you don't think any deeper than, than that, right? If you think, oh, vote for who's best for you as opposed to worrying about what the rest of the country is worried about. Vote who you think is best for you. Sounds selfish, but if everybody does that, then whoever wins is the best for or the most people in the country in theory in theory in a popular election where people directly vote for their uh, leaders that would be the case i know it gets a little bit muddier when you talk about american politics and the electoral college which of course is its, is its own hotly debated topic whether or not the electoral college is uh, outdated honestly and if you're not familiar with the electoral college either because you're an American who doesn't spend time in politics or voting or because you're not an American. The Electoral College is our representative system um, that actually votes for uh, our leaders, uh, our president. The idea that like a state 
basically has so many votes to cast in the federal election. And when you cast your vote, you're actually casting your vote for your state. And then whoever wins in a state, your state determines what votes go to the presidential candidate, whether they, the state sends all of their votes or some portion of their votes to any specific candidate is up to uh, the specific state rules that you live in. So it gets a little bit muddier that way when you talk about the the vo voting for yourself will eventually lead to the best candidate for the country. Uh, I think we, uh, the, the, I mean, the easiest example of that are our recent elections where the candidate that lost the popular vote did win the electoral college vote and therefore did win the election. Uh, our current president, President Trump, is such a candidate that did lose the popular vote and won the electoral college vote. So that's why there is a hotly debated conversation around whether or not the electoral college is outdated, um, harmful. Is it helpful? Was it ever helpful? Uh, depends on what camp you're in. I think it had its place, and I, uh, when you look into the history of why the Electoral College was formed, there's kind of like two ideas, right? There's the, the sort of dismissive reason that it was created to basically put specific people in charge of the power in the country that were not another specific group of people. You look at in the earliest iterations of American law where, you know, you couldn't be uh, colored or a woman or a non-landowner or something like that to vote. You know, the people in charge were trying to make sure that the people that were choosing who was going to be in charge were a specific type of people. The Electoral College kind of aided in that in some sense. It also was a result of some technical limitations where travel and communication was more difficult than it was today. So sending representatives to cast their votes as opposed to collecting literally all the votes of everybody in the country, um, that would have been perhaps technically less feasible than it is today. So that's why there's a conversation about whether or not it's outdated, uh, whether those old notions of, uh, of sort of gating who's allowed to vote, since that's gone women can vote. Uh, 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 every race and ethnicity can vote. You can vote if you own land or don't own land. Uh, everybody can vote. So wouldn't a popular vote where everyone has a, a voice votes, wouldn't that be beneficial? Wouldn't that make sense? Although there is still arguments against um, losing the Electoral College. And I think that's outside the scope a little bit of this particular podcast. And I've derailed myself once again on, on, on what I was talking about. And in fact, we're running out of time. Uh, the end of the day, this, the thing that I was trying to say is that if you're going to vote, I think it's more important to back a series of ideas first and to do your research into what it is your candidates represent, who they represent, and whether or not they will represent you um, appropriately when you cast your vote. That's the idea. And I would rather talk about ideas than people. And that was a very long-winded way of saying basically that. You've been listening to a hasty podcast. I, I should have uh, began with this, but this is a podcast that is not a political podcast. If you uh, have picked that up on me talking about coffee earlier. It's not a political podcast. This is a personality-driven podcast. I'm the personality for what little of it I actually have. And I will be talking about things that interest me on some routine level. I've played around with the idea of it being a weekly podcast or a daily podcast. 
if I go with the root of being a weekly podcast, I figured hour-long discussions are probably more appropriate because anything longer than that is just too much time to listen to me yammer on, and anything less than that feels like a week is a long time to, to wait for a half-an-hour podcast. But I can sit here and probably discuss things for half an hour pretty much on a daily basis. And the things that I will be discussing are things that interest me, uh, whether they come up in the news or uh, in pop culture. I am, again, I wanted this podcast to be like a discussion of who I am, and I've kind of uh, horribly failed to do that because now I'm running right up against time and you don't know really much about me other than... um, perhaps anything that you've been able to gather based on my manner of speech and what I've decided to talk about in this sort of random way. But I am a YouTuber uh, uh, by uh, by hobby, and I have a passion for it, and I make gaming videos. So I have a passion for games. I have a passion for YouTube. I have a passion for video content. Um, but beyond that, I am also uh, a writer of sorts. I have a passion for uh, writing terrible short form poetry. <laughs> I have a sort of pseudo passion for uh, movies and shows. So if some of that stuff pops up, if there's a game that I want to talk about, a show that I'm watching that I want to talk about, something comes up in the news I want to talk about, some YouTube, not drama, but something pops up there that I can talk about. I run a D&D game every week, so I'm a little bit of a nerd. I've got some nerdy stuff to talk about, and that's the kind of stuff you might be able to expect from this podcast are some of my viewpoints on what's going on in the world around me as well as the things that I'm kind of up to. I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope that if I make this a daily morning podcast, I I can become maybe a part of your waking up routine. I will be podcast. uh, I will be podcasting this. Is that, is that what you say when you syndicate this out to wherever I syndicate this out to? I'll be podcasting this out from several sources. I'm not sure at the time of actually recording this where, but expect me on pretty much a lot of your major podcasting apps and sources. And next time I make this uh, cast, I will hopefully have a more solid understanding and idea of where it is you can find me. In the meantime, if you are listening to this, you can follow me at Weston Hasty on Twitter for updates and other silly tweets. Uh, that is the place that I spend the most time if you're trying to reach me for some reason. Don't DM me, at me. I don't read DMs. It's nothing personal. I just, it's, it's a cesspool there, and I'm not going to go through it. <laughs> oh, man. This has been a Hasty podcast. I've been Weston Hasty. Thank you all so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please uh, indicate that you've enjoyed it somewhere whether depending on where you're listening to this whether that's like some kind of thumbs up or or whatever the case might be um please do so have a great morning have a great rest of your day thank you all so much for listening and i hope to see you in the next one all right bye